What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the question and answer podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You can ask me anything and everything about our Catholic faith from morality to spirituality, whether it's a question about everyday life or what we believe as Catholics. I'm here to help you find answers. If you're a first-time listener, please be sure to follow our podcast. You can hit me up with your own questions and comments and critiques at www.assistionpress.com slash askfatherjosh, spell it A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats, and you can share us on your social media pages. If this show has been good for you, potentially it might become good for other people as well. On today's show, we have a question that is coming from a guest about envy. We've been talking about vice and virtue throughout the Lenten season, and, and this is a really great question about envy, and specifically, how do we examine our conscience when, whenever we struggle with this particular bad habit, this particular capital vice? But before we get into this great question about a good examination uh, for the vice of envy to see if like this is something that we're struggling with and need to confess, I want to share with you a glory story. All right, so glory story time. So this past weekend, we hosted uh, the Mission on the Mountain uh, group. Uh, that's Ann Trufant, Kevin McCall, and a bunch of other really amazing people at my parish, the Heart of Jesus. And Tom Holloway came and he spoke. And I mean, it was just really, really beautiful. It was a gift. It was so awesome. There was a lot of clarity. You know, I, I really love to study the charisms and I am fascinated by them, to be frank with you. And it, he brought so much clarity with regards to like an understanding of of someone who has a charism of a certain supernatural gift. Like if you can have the charism of evangelism, but even if you don't have that charism, God can still give you the grace to evangelize. That just doesn't mean you have the charism. So like for instance, um, I'm not a fisherman, but I've gone fishing and I've caught fish. I'm still not a fisherman, right? So someone who can have the charism of teaching and teach and other people could teach but not have the charism of teaching. And some people can have the charism of healing and they're healers. And other people can heal who don't have the who aren't healers, or or some people might uh, prophesy every now and then, but they're still not a prophet. That, that's not their charism. And so it's just cool to see the distinction between yes, the Lord does give each one of us certain gifts at baptism, but there are other gifts that He could share with us if it be for our good and the good of our community throughout our walk toward eternity. And we ought to be open to that, right? So whereas we reverence our particular place in the body of Christ regarding our charism we can still be open to the Lord using us in any way to build up the kingdom of God. So speaking of healing, uh, he went through Tom Holloway on like just uh, two different ways of like prayers of petition and prayers of command when it comes to healing. And so after the nine o'clock mass, this, this guy came up to me and he's like, Father Josh, I'm not a parishioner here. Uh, the conference ended Saturday night. So he, the guy wasn't at the conference. He lives about three blocks from my parish. I said, I don't go to church here, go somewhere else. He said, but I just, man, I'm in a lot of pain right now, and I was wondering if you could pray for me. And I was like, yeah, man, sure. Can I ask you your name or whatever? He gave me his name, and and then um, I said, do you mind if I lay hands on you? He said, sure. And so I first did a prayer petition, right? Oh, there goes the bell. Hold on one second. And there's a bell again. You know what? Y'all can hear the bell. You know I'm a priest. You know I'm at a church. So there's a bell in the background. Yeah, that's things like that happen. So 
He asked uh, for prayer, and I first did a prayer petition, like, Lord, uh, Heavenly Father, in your name through your power, I ask that you heal your beloved son. I said his name uh, of his pain and his suffering, uh, you know, renew him, restore him, mind, body, and soul. And then I went to a, com- a prayer of command where I said, in the name of Jesus, his shoulder be healed. In the name of Jesus, pinch nerve, uh, go away, be healed. And your neck and your shoulder, et cetera, et cetera. And it was very quick. And then, amen. And <laughs> praise God. After we got done praying, he said the pain went completely away, like went from uh, whatever number to a zero. And I said, whoa, blessed be God. So that was really cool. Uh, just like a, a reminder, man, like the Lord, yeah, he, the, the scenes we've seen in the Bible with the apostles. Have you ever seen the episode of The Chosen? Here's my ADD coming out. The, and The Chosen, whenever it was season three and the apostles went out and they began to heal when Jesus sent them out to go do it and they were like, whoa, look what we're doing. That's kind of what it's like sometimes whenever I pray to people. Because sometimes I pray to people and I don't see a thing. <laughs> and uh, But other times it's like, boom, right there, it happens. Praise God, glory be to God. So, Anyways, I hope it strengthened his faith and hope it encouraged him to come back to our, our church to spend more time with us in worship. Uh, but also, one more, one last glory story is it's so beautiful. Oh, I need to write this down. Uh, where's my phone at? Hold on. Oh, where's my phone? Oh, here it is. I'm gonna write this story down because I feel like this is a really great story for me to pray with. So at my church on Sunday, we had mass, and at the eleven o'clock mass, no nine o'clock mass, one of my parishioners, this cute little girl named Emily, she's like three years old super adorable. I opened my eyes at one point when I was praying and I noticed that she was imitating me. Like everything I was doing, she was doing. So like whenever I prayed the Our Father, I closed my eyes and I put my hands a certain way as she was doing. And then uh, during the post-communion hymn, I was kind of like feeling it. So I was swaying back and forth. I look at her and she's looking at me swaying back and forth. So I, I told the preachers, like, y'all, this is amazing. This little girl, she is showing us a spiritual life because everything Jesus did like he saw the father doing everything he said, he heard the father saying, and then he imitated that. And that's what we're called to do as well. Like we're called to look at Jesus. And whenever we see Jesus doing and what we hear him saying, we, we do what we say. But this little girl, Emily is three years old and she was like literally doing that. So that's the spiritual life right there for you. Anyways, the whole weekend was great. I felt like I was hit by a train. I'm exhausted. Uh, it was beautiful. A lot of people got healed. A lot of people got healed. A lot of people came back to the church. A lot of people had uh, a lot of profound encounters and um, it was just super beautiful. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was great. Glory story. Shout out to Jesus for all the stuff he's doing. His church. He's amazing. And with that, let's jump into today's show. All right, our question today comes in from Anonymous. Anonymous writes this, Hey, Father Josh, over the past few weeks, you have been speaking about vice and about virtue. I realize that I struggle with the vice of envy, uh, but can you help me with a, a good examination of conscience regarding this vice? Yeah, I certainly can. Yeah, so I actually, years ago, I got this book whenever I was in the seminary from this woman who was a sister and she wrote reflections on the vices and on virtues. And so I'm going to, I'm going to actually share with you some of her examine that she gives when it comes to the, the vice of envy, that irrational, irrational vice where, where we are saddened over someone else's good. So I'm going to give you a little examination, and this might help you to discover if A, other people listening, if your vice is envy, um, and B, these are some reflections that can help you to confess in. So examination on envy. How often 
do we compare ourselves to other people? Remember Peter, after Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? The very first thing he did was he looked at John. He said, what about him? And what did Jesus say? Don't worry about John, you follow me. How often do we compare ourselves to other people? Do we look at other people's lives, other people's families, other people's businesses, other people's ministries, other people's Bible studies, other people's churches? Is there any particular person that we consistently compare ourselves to? Whenever we talk about other people, are we always super judgmental about particular people? Are we overly critical about some people more than we are about others? Do we take time to notice the effort some of our brothers and sisters are putting in to growing and maturing in their families and, and in virtue and in their, in their work, in their ministry, in their prayer? Or are we just always just uber, uber judgmental and critical of them? and focusing on their flaws and focusing on their wrinkles and focusing on their mistakes and, and even like highlighting their flaws and highlighting their wrinkles and highlighting their mistakes. Are we doing this because it makes us feel good about ourselves? Uh, because we struggle with them? Do we covet anything that belongs to our brothers and sisters from the Ten Commandments? Whenever we see somebody else doing well, do we get jealous of their charism? Do we get jealous of their natural gifts, their talents, their resources? their accomplishments, what they can do. Whenever we speak about other people, do we ever try to highlight their good and talk about how amazing they are and talk about the growth that we've seen in them? Um, or do we just share uncharitable words about them? Do we get sad whenever we see someone else prospering, whether it's with material things or in their prayer life or in their ministry. I often think about Elizabeth and how she rejoiced whenever Mary came and visited her. Mary was pregnant at 14 years old and Elizabeth was an old lady. Her first response wasn't, really God, why her? Like she, she didn't even plan on having kids. Like she was supposed to have a virgin of marriage with Joseph and she's pregnant and I've been waiting my whole life and trying my whole life and I was infertile and now this old age, I'm getting pregnant. Like why? Why can I, who really have been a devout woman all these years, why can I, who have been a prayerful woman all these years, gotten pregnant earlier? I'm not even gonna be able to see my kid grow up probably, I'm so old. No, that's, that was not her posture. It was, blessed be God, blessed be God. Who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to visit me? She rejoiced. Do I rejoice? Is my first reaction to rejoice when I see somebody else succeeding in life? Is there a person who maybe uh, just had a conversion and they are already free from their vice? And I've been walking with the Lord for 20 years and I'm still struggling with the same vice. Do I rejoice in their freedom or am I a little bit sad? Whenever other people get complimented, other people in ministry, other people in my job, other people in my family, when they get complimented, what happens in my heart? Do I experience a, a sadness there? Whenever somebody um, falls and makes a mistake, do I rejoice? Do I delight that other people see how broken they are and how sinful they are and how imperfect they are? Or does my heart break for them? And do I immediately pray for them? Am I, am I thankful for my place in the body of Christ? Am I grateful? Do I embrace my place or do I want to be somewhere else? 
you know, I constantly look at where other people are in the body of Christ and compare myself to them. People grow in the spiritual life, not only like with virtue, but just in prayer. When they mature in, in prayer and they go from the purgative stage to the illuminative stage, to the unitive stage, um, if they are growing faster than us, are able to pray longer than us, are getting more insights than us, do I rejoice or am I sad? Do I think God has been fair to me? Have I ever tried to stop someone from growing in virtue? Have I ever tried to stop someone from growing in prayer? Have I ever tried to get in the way of someone else's ministry succeeding? And if I do, do I do this because I don't want them to be seen more than me, be known more than me, be loved more than me? Is it because I don't want them to grow more than me? Do I encourage others? Do I affirm others? Whenever I'm using my talents and my gifts and my resources, when I'm operating in these um, abilities that God has given to me, do I intentionally do them in such a way to make other people envious of me? These are just some ways that we can, and some questions we can begin to reflect on to discern if envy is one of our, our bad habits, one of our vices. And if it is, then what do we do? We bring it to the confessional. We receive God's grace, we receive God's love, we receive God's mercy. And we focus on praying the litany of gratitude and the litany of humility. We might have to fast from social media for a while to stay away from looking at other people. We might have to sit in the front of the church so we can't see other people who we can become envious of. Turn off the TV for a while and just read scripture, immerse ourselves in the life of Christ so that we can enter into imitation of Christ. But if this is your vice, don't condemn yourself. Don't accuse yourself. Don't be discouraged. We all have vices. I have vices. I go to confession once a week even. We all have bad habits and tendencies. And so this is just an opportunity to grow in our relationship with God ultimately. And so when we come back, we're going to talk about a saint who struggled with, who struggled with jealousy. I'm Jeff Cavins. I wrote The Activated Disciple because I know how easy it is to practice the faith and to study it. But what if we lived our entire lives without doing what we learned? God doesn't just call us to be students. He calls us to be disciples, to look and live like Jesus. If you yearn for a life that moves beyond just studying and believing, if you yearn to become an activated disciple, then this book is for you. The Activated Disciple teaches you how to take your faith to the next level so you can become an instrument for God to transform the world. To order The Activated Disciple, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we're back. Just a quick reminder, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats. And you can share us on your social media pages. If the show has been good for you, potentially, it might become good for other people as well. So the same for today is St. Elizabeth of Portugal. St. Elizabeth of Portugal was a, a queen, and uh, she struggled with, 
with jealousy of other people for a long time in her life. Uh, for many years, she struggled with being jealous of others. And when other people had good things happening, whenever they prospered, she her immediate response would not be to share in their joy. It wasn't to rejoice. It was, well, why not me? And because they're winning, I feel like I'm losing. And the way that she began to fight against this vice was by immersing herself in uh, prayer every day and mass every day. And the more she received the sacraments of reconciliation, the sacrament of the Eucharist, and the more she spent time in prayer, prayer eventually began to change her. And so this is really a beautiful witness to see how different saints have been able to find freedom from their vices. Like for some people, it's through praying of humility. For other people, it's through cultivating gratitude. Other people, it's through prayer and fasting. Other people is doing acts of mercy to those who we struggle with envy toward. But for her, it was literally just praying daily, going to mass daily, uh, immersing herself in scripture, and then she found freedom. So she was super charitable, super holy, um, and uh, her husband died, and she ended up living like the next 11 years after his death, and she continued to do charitable works and just serve the poor and help other people grow in holiness. But it's beautiful, but even saints, even saints struggle with envy. Um, and, and some saints, their struggle with their vices, like, like it would come and go. Like, so like, it would be there and then it would go away and then it would come back. And then it would go away and it would come back. And so it's a lifelong battle for many of us with regards to some of our vices. And uh, yeah, so if you struggle with envy, you're not alone. She did too. And there are many remedies against this vice. Uh, for her, it was literally uh, mass and prayer on a daily basis. Uh, but again, for other people, it's different. So just be open to the many different ways that God can give you freedom from your particular vice if envy is your dominant struggle. With that being said, we invite you, St. Elizabeth of Portugal, to pray for us. God bless. Until next time, I'll see you in the Eucharist. <laughs>